0: To the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, here part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to the always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Or just look up Locked on, on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And thank you for making Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. But if you're wondering why you didn't hear that big... Welcome back like you usually hear at the beginning of podcasts. It's because I'm feeling a little bit under the weather and last week I told you guys I was sick by tested negative for COVID. Well, I got tested again before I was supposed to return to work this week and I ended up testing positive for coronavirus. So guys, I am not feeling the best. I'm feeling a little bit under the weather, but that doesn't mean you should be deprived of a locked on Dimebacks podcast. So we're still powering through and giving it to you guys. But if I found if I sound a little sick, the energy just doesn't seem to be at the same level as it normally is. It's just because uh, I'm dealing with something that probably, what, 90, 90 plus percent of you guys have probably dealt with Two, at some point the last couple of years, I mean coronavirus is hitting everybody. It seems inevitable that everyone's gonna get it. So please continue to take care of yourself and please continue to stay healthy. But what are we talking about on today's podcast? Well, I got a fun little topic for you guys today. Is Ketel Morte the best second baseman in baseball? I know he doesn't play second base as much as he used to back in 2019-2020, but I still consider him a second baseman in my book, so we're going to talk about that on today's podcast. But before we get into the discussion, as always, intro drop. You are locked on Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks still here. We're deciding whether is Ketel Marte the best second baseman in baseball. Well, I know that's probably a little bit of a controversial topic, just because if you look at 2021, he played more games in center field than he did at second base, but. If you look where it really matters, the last 20-year game, so the season, Kelto Marte was primarily playing second base only. The D-backs kind of had a discussion toward the end of the season. Hey, let's not put our best player... Out in center field, where he seems to continue to run into walls and continue to get hurt. Let's try, let's try to keep our best asset alive, healthy, and off the injured list. So they said, Let's just go back to Ketel Marte full time at second base. And also, I don't think the defensive numbers love to Ketel Marte in center field as well. So I think overall, it was just better for him as a second baseman, it's just less wear and tear on his body. So that's why I wanted to talk about this topic today because I have a feeling he's going to be more of a full-time center fielder uh, during the 2022 season. So I wanted to ask you guys, if that's true, if he is a full-time second baseman once again in 2022, does that make Ketel Marte the best second baseman in baseball? So we got some names here. I got some names, I should say, of other second basemen in baseball who I'll compare him to. This is my top five in no particular order of second basemen in baseball, including Ketel Marte. I got Jose Altuve on there. I think you have to. Ozzy Albie's, a Brandon Lowe, and a Marcus Simeon. Maybe I should say the teams too. Got Jose Altuve on the Astros, Albie's on the Braves, Brandon Lowe on the Rays, and then Marcus Simeon on the Blue, or excuse me, not on the Blue Jays anymore, on the Texas Rangers. Almost, almost got tripped up there. But let's go through each player and compare them to a Ketel Marte. And the first guy I want to start with is Jose Altuve. Marte's average in OPS, and also, also before we start today, I gotta say, I'm looking at the numbers since 2019, and I'm not counting 2020. As I always do, I don't count the COVID-shortened season. so basically since 2019, when Ketel Marte finished top 5 in MVP voting the last two full seasons of baseball, 2019-2021, who is the best second baseman in baseball? So let's first start with Jose Altuve, because Ketel Marte is a higher average in OPS over the last two full seasons than Altuve. And the strikeout rate and walk rate are similar to Altuves, but when you look at Ketel Marte's hard hit percentage on batted balls, it's in the upper 40s, while Altuves just sits in the mid-30s. His hard hit percentage was not as high as I thought it was, considering he's a miniature dude. I thought he'd be crushing balls all over the field but even though he has that 30 plus home run potential and power he doesn't hit balls on average as hard as a guy like Ketel Marte. Altuve is still a beast don't get me wrong but I think the decline has started to show a little bit for Altuve. He's not the runner he once was. I think at this point of their respective careers, Marte is actually the better guy on the base pass. If you need someone to take an extra base, if you need someone to score from second, if you even need someone to steal a base, I actually think Ketel Marte is probably better in that area than Altuve right now, who, remember back in the day, Altuve was one one of the best base stealers in baseball I'm going to pull up his numbers here but this was the guy who led the league in stolen bases multiple times led the American League in stolen bases multiple times Uh, back in what year was this back in 2014 Altuve led the league with 56 stolen bases and did it again in 2015 with 38 from 2012 to 2017 he was 30 plus stolen bases every year then in 2018 it went down to just 17, and then he hasn't cracked double digits since then. Remember, Ketel Marte in 2019 had 10 10 stolen bases, so when I look at the speed component right now, I might give that to Marte at this point in their careers. Altuve's great with men on the bases. Uh, He has an OPS above 850 with men on the bases, but Marte's is over 1,000. Marte is absolutely elite with runners in scoring position. Altuve's still an elite second baseman in those areas as well, but I just think Marte's career trajectory his arrow is just pointing upwards right now Altuve is not getting on base at the same rate he used to when he perennially was around a 400 OBP guy with 40 stolen bases that's just not him right now I think at this point their careers Jose Altuve just might be an undersized Quetel Marte so Marte you're the better second baseman over Jose Altuve Next guy I want to talk about is Ozzy Albies because Albies got the speed thing working for him. I can't compare those two when it comes to speed because Albies had 35 stolen bases the last two full seasons, 20 this past year. But the knock on Albies, his OBP was 310 this past season and it's 325 for his career. That's why his OPS didn't even crack 800 this past season. His hard hit percentage on batted balls. Sat in the upper 30s, so it's kind of like a Altuve as well. They got the 30 home run power, but consistently hitting the ball hard. They both don't do it as much as you might think. Albi's contact percentage also sits in the mid 70s, while Ketel Marte's in the low 80s. So he's not hitting. He's not as pure of a hitter as a Ketel Marte. Albies is a stud, don't get me wrong. He's got that 25, 25 potential, 25 home runs, 25 stolen bases. But because he's not a pure hitter or elite at getting on base consistently or getting on base consistently, it leaves more room for improvement than a Marte in his game because I think Marte, even though he might not be as quick, I think there's just less flaws in his game than a ...than Albies. He gets on base more. He doesn't strike out as uh, as often. He even hits, you know, he, he hits for more power on average. Hard hit percentage, I think, uh, at bats per home run. Ketamarte is slightly better in that area, too. So, even though Ketamarte might not have the speed, and who knows if the D-backs sent their players more... Maybe Ketel Marte would be a 15 stolen base kind of guy. So I like Ketel Marte over Jose Altuve and over Ozzy Albies. I think it's a little bit closer with it with the Ozzy Albies just because of that speed component. And again, Ozzy is only 24 years old. So he's going to be entering his prime maybe soon, maybe not. Maybe there's still a couple more levels for Albies to go, but it's not like Marte's old at 28 or whatever he is. So I'm going with Ketel Marte over both an Ozzy and a Jose Altuve. Now, We'll talk about two other second basemen. And we'll compare Ketel Marte too. But first, I need to tell you about Bill Bar because it's the new year. So that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Bar in your plan. Bill Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but just get so boring, by like week 3, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, they're both soft and easy to chew, low calorie, Low. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and it's great for that keto diet. Just go to built.com. Use promo code lock15 for 15% off your order. Promo code lock15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, all right. Let's get back into the pod and let's discuss some more second basemen and compare them to Ketel Marte because the next guy I have has been a breakout candidate the last two of the last three seasons. I think basically the last three years because I think he had a phenomenal 2020 season as well and that is Brandon Lowe who seemingly is already the the what's the phrase I was trying to say like the Like the new rising darling of second baseman, I guess is the best way to phrase it. I thought I had a better cliche for you than that. But Brandon Lowe has basically been a breakout star the last three seasons. Going back to 2019 where he made an all-star appearance in his second season in baseball. This has been a guy who was the rookie of the year, finished third in rookie of the year voting in 2019, where he made an all-star team as a rookie. Then in 2020, finished eighth in MVP voting during that short season. And then in 2021, he finished 10th this past season. So this has been a guy who's been on the rise. He had 39 home runs and 99 RBIs in 2021. And even with all that being said, even though Brandon Lowe, Go look at the top second baseman list. He's like number two on a lot of the lists. But even with that being said, I think it was kind of easier for me to make an argument as to why Ketamorte Marte is a better player than a Brandon Lowe as opposed to like an Altuve or Ozzy Albies. That's just me, my personal take. But Brandon Lowe, he's been like a 255 hitter with a 338 OBP the last two seasons while striking out like 30% of the time. It just felt a little Eduardo Escobar-ish to me. I think he's a better player than Eduardo Escobar. Don't get me wrong. But he's got a lot of the same flaws that like an Escobar uh, would have. The hard contact numbers and the power is off the chart for Brandon Lowe. Don't get me wrong. The hard contact numbers are right there along with Ketel Marte. I think Marte's numbers are still a little bit better with the hard contact, but it depends on what metric you're looking at. Brandon Lowe, I mean, his exit velocity might be better, while Ketel Marte has hard hit percentage. Like, they're right there neck and neck when you look at their hard contact numbers. And I'll give you low is also probably more likely to hit a home run as well. But if you look at OPS Plus, the numbers like Ketel Marte a lot better. And I found that kind of surprising because I thought OPS Plus might go to a Brandon Low. But no, that was Ketel Marte as well. His contact percentage, I think, was probably the most disappointing thing with a Brandon Low because it was in the upper 60s meaning Brandon Lowe might be a bit of a hacker. He swings at more than 50% of all pitches seen, while Ketel Marte is only around 45%. So that's why I kind of think Brandon Lowe is a little bit Eduardo escobar ish Again, I think Brandon Lowe is the better player than Eduardo Escobar or other players like that you can name, or Kyle Seeger, something along those lines of the low OBP guy, high power guy. But Again, Brandon Lowe, he's a fantastic second baseman, but I don't think I would have Brandon Lowe above the Ozzy Albies or the Jose Altuves. Yes, he can get more home runs than those guys. On average, Brandon Lowe's going to hit more home runs per at-bat than pretty much any other second baseman not named Marcus Simeon, but I don't think I trust Brandon Lowe as much just to get me a normal base hit or I guess to get the, the fire started. He can put out the fire. He can bring the runs home. Runners in scoring position, Brandon Lowe's numbers are off the charts, but if I need to get the rally started, or if I know they're pitching around Brandon Lowe, or they're pitching to him differently, pitching to his weak spots, I think it's easier to get a Brandon Lowe out than a Ketel Marte. I think Ketel Marte's a easier out to come by. I think he's more likely to put the ball in play. I think he's more likely to get on base. So because of that, even though Brandon Lowe is a phenomenal power hitter, I just don't think he's as good of a player as Ketel Marte. So I'm taking Marte over Brandon Lowe. Then the last second baseman I have here to talk about is Marcus Simeon because Marcus Simeon, his production is a lot like Lowe's, but even with more power, he hits home runs at a greater rate while still maintaining very Hard and high contact numbers as well. And he also strikes out at just around 17%. So like half the half the time of a Brandon Lowe is a Marcus Simeon, only around 17% the last two full seasons, which is really good. And his contact percentage was the closest to a Ketel Martez as well. Ketel Marte's contact percentage was like 82%. Marcus Simeon's is like 78%. So he was the closest to Martez, a pure hitter as well. And you also can't dis- disrespect a Marcus Simeon because he's been an MVP candidate two of the last three seasons. He has 70-plus home runs during that time. He's got a gold glove too. I think Marcus Simeon is the cream of the crop when it comes to second baseman right now. I think the Texas Rangers thought that too. Otherwise, why would they give him such a fat contract like that? So I can't blame Marcus Simeon for getting that money. I think he was deserving of that money. And if you want to say he's the best second baseman in baseball, uh, it'll be hard for me to argue with him. Or not with him, but with you. He finished third in MVP voting in 2019 and got better during the 2021 season. So he's got a great case. He played all 162 games both seasons. And that's the biggest knock against Ketel Marte right now is his availability. Marcus Simeon has been there. He's been on the field. He's got the power. He's got some speed, too double-digit stolen bases for like six straight years now if you don't count the 2020 season or like seven straight years so Marcus Simeon's got a little speed to his game as well but again if you look at OPS Plus they like Ketel Marte as well but even with that being said if you're gonna look at the war the war tells you Marcus Simeon I'm not a war guy defensive war didn't love Ketel Marte in 2021 so the war is gonna lean toward a Marcus Simeon I'm not a big war guy but War is going to lean heavily toward him more than any other second baseman on this list. So I'll concede Marcus Simian over Ketel Marte for second baseman. But that's the only guy I'll concede on. Now, we're going to talk about a New Year's resolution for the D-backs coming straight from Bleacher Report. But first... I need to tell you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline as you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the Pro Football Playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device sometime time today to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football NHL boxing UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports so don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available bet online where the game starts Let's get back into the podcast, and we're going to discuss a New Year's resolution for the Arizona Dean for the Arizona D-Backs coming from Bleacher Report. But first, a quick recap: Ketel Marte, the second best second baseman in baseball, he has surpassed Jose Altuve, who seems to be going in the wrong direction. Jose Altuve has not been the same speed guy. His stolen bases has taken a dramatic turn, and he's not getting on base at the same rate he used to uh, get on base at. He used to be near 400. Now he's like a near 350 guy. Ketel Marte, uh, his hard contact numbers crush Altuve. He gets on base a lot more, and he's just a bigger player. I think Altuve is like an undersized Ketel Marte at this point of his career. So Ketel Marte over, over Jose Altuve. You look at Ozzy Albies, I like Albies a lot. I think he's really nice, but that OBP, just not high enough for someone that I would consider better than a keto Marte. His contact percentage isn't high enough as well. Just not getting enough pure hits for my liking. I like the speed for my Ozzy Albies, but... Overall, I just don't think he has. Uh, I just don't think the ceiling is as high. I think he has a, flume, uh, a few more flaws in his offensive game compared to a Marte. So I'll take a Marte there as well. Same with a Brandon Lowe. Lowe would just kind of Escobar ish to me. I think he's better, once again, than an Escobar, but he's kind of a hacker contact percentage in the 60s uh, swings at more than 50% of his pitches he sees. OBP not tremendously high. Average not tremendously high. Strikes out around 30% of the time. I'm taking Ketel Marte over Brandon Lowe. Then the last guy, Marcus Simeon. The only player I would take a Ketel Marte over. Uh, he's super young as well. MVP candidate. Top 3 in MVP voting 2 of the last 3 years. Over 70 home runs during that time. Uh, Gold Glove award winner as well. And he doesn't miss any games has played 162 games in two of the last three years or both the seasons we're counting here for this exercise 2019-2021 he played all the games so Marcus Simeon I think we have to give him his respect and say he's probably a better second baseman than a Ketel Marte right now but I think by the end of the 2022 season that could change so Ketel Marte you are currently the second best second baseman in all of baseball but now Let's get to that New Year's Resolution by Bleach Report because they've been doing New Year's Resolution 1 New Year's Resolution for every team in baseball. And I got my thoughts on what they said the New Year's Resolution is for the D-backs, but this is what they said it is for Arizona. Arizona Diamondbacks keep the leash short. Now, what does that mean exactly, Bleach Report? Well, this is what they had to say. Arizona GM Mike Hazen spoke in October about not wanting to be unrealistic after a 110-loss season. Yet, some optimism must have taken root after that, as there's really no other way to explain the team's deal with Mark Melanson. The leash must nonetheless be short on the 22 season, as any early signs of trouble will almost certainly be the real deal. They come, Quetel Mortage is one player who should be on the trading block. End quote. Now, I would agree that if there are any early signs of trouble for the D-backs in 2022, it probably is the real deal, and I wouldn't be surprised if the season spiraled out of control, but I don't understand why he looks at the Mark Melanson deal as some crazy thing that the D-backs did despite being a 110 loss team it's not like they went out there and gave Mark Melanson some 20 million dollar deal like he's getting paid like what is it like seven to four seven to eight million dollars per season like it's not that fat of a contract and also even though they lost 110 games you could look at this team you could look at injuries you could look at all the lineups that they had to put out there and say it wasn't entirely their fault. A lot of their best players just weren't available. You lost a lot of games with Ketel Marte, Cole Calhoun, Christian Walker, Carson Kelly, Madison Bumgarner, Luke Weaver, Zach Allen, Taylor Wadner. Basically, every good player you had missed almost, what, a month, two weeks of the season? A lot of players missed a lot of time. So I think there is a path where you could say, this team could be competitive maybe for a wild card spot. If they get a full healthy season from all their players and they play to their capabilities or maybe close to their ceiling, uh, I'm not saying this D-back team is all of a sudden going to turn it around and go from 110 losses to 110 wins, but I don't think it's crazy for a GM to say, hey... My biggest weakness is my bullpen, and if I can make my bullpen competitive, maybe I can make my team competitive, so let me go out there and get an all-star level closer for the cheap. It's not like Mark Melanson was breaking the bank, so why not bring him in? The D-back's biggest issue the last few years has been their bullpen. It has not been able to come through enough for them the last two years, so I I really like the Mark Melanson move. You can't just keep going out there and trying to win on the margins with all these uh aging veteran relievers who just seem to over always be over the hill. It hasn't worked out for Mike and so I actually like the fact that he went after a Mark Melanson, who is also older but still pitching like he's in his prime. The D-back should absolutely not consider moving Ketel Marte if this season goes wrong because once again you should not trade your franchise cornerstone player we're still trying to see if if it's going to work out after trading Paul Goldschmidt the jury's still out on a Luke Weaver and there's still some question marks on a Carson Kelly I'm going to go back and one of these pods I'm going to go back and do the research on superstar franchise cornerstone trades over the last 10 to 15 years because they just don't work out I think historically our friend Arm Layton Found an article by MLB trade rumors back from like 07 with all these possible trade scenarios for Miguel Cabrera, if he was moved and all the potential packages his team could get back for him. And like all the packages, there was like eight to ten different packages, and they were all terrible. If you if you go back and listen to my podcast last week where Connor Newcomb of Lockdown Orioles, he talked about. That Manny Machado trade, none of those players that got back, I think, are even on the Orioles anymore. Like, historically, it's hard to look at these moves where you trade your franchise cornerstone player in their prime and say, hey, it worked out, we like the package we got back in return better than the player we gave up. It just usually doesn't happen. So, for the D-backs, I don't know how you can be upset at Mike and for wanting to go out there. And actually improve his team and make them competitive. We complain. We're in these CBA negotiations now about teams having to put a better competitive product on the field. And Mike Hazen went out there and said, let me get me an all-star closer. I didn't think that was anything crazy. This was a team that won 80-plus games entering 2020. They went out there, made a big splash from and Bumgarner. Then the 2020 season happened. Of course, they were terrible. 2021, they were terrible as well. But this team is not that far removed from at least being competitive and being a 500 team. I think they can get back to being a 500 team. I detailed it on my pod last week how they could get back to being around 500 team. And it doesn't take a ton. When they were a 500 team back in 2019, they had a middle-of-the-pack uh offense, middle-of-the-pack bullpen, middle-of-the-pack rotation. like They were just average in a lot of areas. I think the D-backs could get back to being average in a lot of areas, but they need their bullpen to step up, and signing Mark Melanson was a big key to doing that. So I like that move by Mike Hazen. We definitely shouldn't move Ketel Marte if the season starts to spiral out of control because I guarantee you, if you try to move Ketel Marte at the deadline, you're not going to get a great deal for him. Don't do any major moves like that until the offseason where. Teams are more clear-headed. They don't got the playoffs on their mind. They they aren't holding on to their prospects as tight in the offseason, I think, as they are during the season. I think it's easier to get one of those top prospects during the offseason when you still don't know the landscape of the field. And I also think it's probably easier to talk yourself into a major trade during the offseason to try and do something mid season i mean we do see blockbuster deals during the season but i think it's more likely they get back a fat package for ketamarte during the off where a front office's uh judgment not by might not be clouded by the distractions of the regular season so don't move ketamarte during the season even if it goes out of you know control and The Mark Melanson move, I think that will end up being a great deal. And again, if the D-backs do happen to go out of control during the season, then you can move a Mark Melanson and get something back for him at the deadline. So I really think that deal is a win-win. Either way, I'm in the business of adding assets to my team and not giving up assets when I don't have to. So if I can add an asset like Mark Melanson and Sylvie Ketel Marte on my team entering 2022, I'd rather that than go into next season with no Melanson and no Ketel Marte. So Bleacher Report, I'm going to have to disagree with this New Year's resolution. Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned in today. I think my energy picked up as the podcast went on. I'm still feeling under the weather, so please bear with me the rest of the week. As always, I hope everyone is staying safe and staying healthy out there. Thank you for making Lockdown Dimex your first listen every day. Go make Lockdown Bets your second listen of the day with your board Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. If you want to put some extra money in your pocket, and I'll catch all y'all either tomorrow or the next day. Not sure when I'm doing my next pod, but I'll let you know because we're back to just doing three days a week during the offseason. Deuces!